Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on usa.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. You can listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post. End Time Judgment, Justice, and Mercy. When he comes, all shall behold him, and all that dwell on the earth shall wail because of him. Mercy is given, but justice and judgment are rewarded. Do not miss this post. Free, born, or slave, children of the promise. Children of the promise. Today, as America swings into a realm of chaos amidst socialist agendas, covid pandemics and open borders hitting this nation, it is more important to focus your priorities. Do not miss this post, Finite Life and the Infinite Truth. Finite life and the infinite truth means living life and knowing there is an eternal God. People's societies are bent, led by feelings and hedonism. The latest posts on warn-usa.com. Do not miss this post. Contented Godliness Epistles of Timothy Part 3. And do not miss this post. Perilous Times Epistles of Timothy Part 4. And do not miss this post. Final Admonitions Epistle of Timothy Part 5. The situation of the gospel and the people in the Lord's in the Lord depended on leaders like Timothy, who, as a good soldier, would stand up against these people. And be sure to get your book, The Rising by the Watchman. It's a Christian fiction thriller. And the Rising de- details a takeover of America with dark forces that plot to bring the country into the globalist new order. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danasglinsmith.com where you can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we also feature The Rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our vision media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. 
You know, it's good to be good. Yep. Well, here we are, 6-1, June 1st. Five months through this year already. It's hard to believe. 2022. So, we got six months left. Seven. Six months. Oh, you're not counting June? No, because it's going to be over before we know it. (laughs) Well, I'm sticking with seven. You can stick with six. No, it's six months left. We're going through one month, but there's six months left. Okay, see, men and women think differently. Yeah, they do. It's a good thing. Well, I don't know. We're in a woke world, so no telling what... What's going on? Yeah, that's true. So at any rate, up front we're talking about America's righteous truth. And uh, it's a post over on warn-usa.com or danaglennsmith.com. Be sure to go over there and read this. You know, it can be said without equivocation. And, of course, what can be said? Well, Christian denominations, Christian beliefs, and Christian theologies can also be given to delusion and deception. Now, while in the church we convince ourselves that we're fine, there are issues. That's why there are seven churches in Revelation addressed by the Lord And one of them is one that we know is Laodicean that thought they were rich in need of nothing. And so just like that church who thought they were rich and in need of nothing, but the Lord called them out, they were wretched, poor, blind, and naked. And so as we sit in America, we can... We can identify with the Laodicean church when we're looking at what's happening here. And, you know, there's certain truths when we we discuss this. And uh, number one, the Lord is coming. That's the truth. Thank God. Yeah. Now, to some, he's coming later. To some, he's not coming at all. And to some, he's imminent. There's also the truth of the gospel, which again, you either believe the gospel, or you don't believe the gospel, or you're cold to the gospel. And then there's the truth of people needing to repent. Now that can be on a local level. But the truth of it is, the nations of people, or men and women, need to repent. So you figure, however billions of people are here, each one needs to be accountable to what they're going to do with with the Lord. A lot of them don't think about it. A lot of them have other religions. But see, this article is about America's righteous truth. And so we go through this and we talk about this righteous truth. Now, we were talking tonight, Tower and I, about a major... Well, he, he's used to the big money and finance and the economy. He watches that. And he came out today and said we're headed for a cataclysm. Well, in this article, I wrote about heading into the biggest cataclysm of all time. And I, I believe, according to Scripture, that the lawlessness and sin increases which is Paul's word 
we talk about the mystery of iniquity, and in the same chapter, the delusion. So you can throw a lot of this together, and we can apply it to this day, this age, this hour, this moment, right now where we live. So be sure to check out America's Righteous Truth and the other articles that are there. These are hard-hitting. They'll give you truth. And don't forget, warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. So, now we're going to talk about something else. Now, today, it's kind of interesting. Today, i seen, you know, the article. And it was talking about Hinckley that was going to be finally free. And he had been writing a book. And he hoped he could find a publisher. If you can believe this. Here's a guy that wow. tried to tried to kill Reagan, right? Yeah. So now he's going to become a famous author. Now he's free. And watch them all pick it up and publish his book. Yep. Now Probably he, will. He was out to kill Reagan for some reason. I don't know if it ever came out, did it? I never knew why he wanted to kill him. No, he didn't. Assassinating him. I'm glad it wasn't. he wasn't successful. But the one thing that, that I found really interesting about Ronald Reagan was that he had an interest in the Ezekiel prophecy, which has recently, I mean probably the last several years recently, been in the minds of theologians prophecy experts as well as Israel because it has to do with the Ezekiel 38-39 war matter of fact allisrael.com is the one that ran this and uh, what's his name Joel Rosenberg yes yes yeah which is a famous author but he's the editor-in-chief of allisrael.com, and he lives in Israel. And he wrote this article. And it's very interesting. Um, so you can go to allisrael.com, which is all one word, and you should be able to find it. You can do a search for Ronald Reagan. But uh, the question was, did Ronald Reagan really believe that Russia would one day attack Israel, Ezekiel 38 and 39. And what we call that is the War of Gog and Magog, described in 38 and 39 of Ezekiel. And this has been popular prophecy for many, 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 many years. And uh, Rosenberg talked about the fact that all Israel news has also published a lot of stories on that. Well, they would because they're Israel. You know, they're right on the front lines. And, of course, the fact that we're looking at it doesn't mean this is the first time in history that everybody got concerned over it. Not at all. But uh, Ronald Reagan, and they, they definitely put that down, was a high-profile believer in the prophecy's legitimacy. He believed absolutely that the War of Gog and Magog was going to happen. And, uh, and we look for it. You know, we, we look at the circumstances and especially the way Russia is dealing with the Ukraine and threatening everybody. You know, all of this reminds us of that. In 1971, the governor of California, who happened to be Ronald Reagan, 
And I remember when he was governor. I do too. And, uh, you know, I never thought that he would be president. Not for a moment. But uh, he attended a bank a, a banquet to honor honor State Senator James Meal Mills. So uh, after the main course, uh, Reagan asked Mills if he was familiar with the Pierce Old Testament prophet Ezekiel, and he went on to explain that Russia was the Magog described in Ezekiel's prophecy and was thus doomed to destruction. And Reagan also quoted another thing that is very, very important. He says, in that 38th chapter, it says, God will take the children of Israel from among the heathen where they had been scattered and will gather them again in the promised land. Now, you could not deny that that has been going on. That's for sure. And Ezekiel says also, according to Reagan, and, and it does, the nation that will lead all other powers into darkness against Israel will come out of the north. And this is Reagan explaining this. What other powerful nations to the north of Israel besides Russia, he says? None. But it didn't seem to make sense before the Russian Revolution when Russia was a Christian country. Now it does. Now that Russia has become communistic and atheistic, now that Russia has set itself against God, now it fits the description perfectly. Now, see, this was in Reagan's time, and even since this time, Russia's changed. You know, it, it actually got closer to the United States and others, seeming more normal than it was, and most of the rest of the nations forgot that it was communistic. Right. Matter of fact, we did trade with it, and even with China, we forget. And even today, we have the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. We have uh, the World Health Organization, head by Tedros, who all have interests in both Russia and China. And they're both, especially Klaus Schwab, is trying to institute global socialism. He openly admits that. So... This is really interesting because Schwab wanting that doesn't make Russia and China an enemy. And at the same token, we still see this Ezekiel war on the horizon. I think what brought it out even more is that Russia is you know, attacking Ukraine. So people started talking about that yeah, again. Yeah, I think that that was probably the key because... For the first time, we we saw Russia, you know, as the bear. Right. You know, it had been kind of, uh, you know, a pussycat for a while. And at the time that Reagan was saying all that, he also said, everything hasn't fallen into place yet. But I believe that to the end of his death he strongly believed the end of the Soviet Empire and the second coming of Christ were increasing, increasingly close at hand. And I also think that Reagan also knew that it probably wouldn't occur in his lifetime, but he believed in that prophecy and scripture. But uh, in a 1997 book written by Edmund Morris, the president's official biographer, uh, the book's title is Dutch, a, memori a memoir of Ronald Reagan, and revealed that Ezekiel was actually Reagan's favorite book of prophecy. Huh. And Morris also re recounted in the book a scene where he personally witnessed in the Oval Office, Reagan discussed the Ezekiel option with White House Chief of Staff Howard Baker and National Security Advisor Colin Powell. And, of course, we remember both of those, don't we? We do. And uh, we talk mainly about religion, read the notes from Reagan's meeting with Morris on February 9, 1988. 
I have been reading a book about this Armageddon complex, and when I mention the subject, am rewarded by an animated speech full of jovial doom. <laughs> the last that lasts the rest of the half hour. Morris continued, and and I find that interesting. When Baker and Powell arrived, however, as of course, you know Reagan was telling Morris about it. They stand grinning nervously, at, you know, when they come in, as he, Reagan, continues to discuss the topic of the book of Revelation. Then Reagan turned the topic of the prophecies to Ezekiel 38 and 39. And Reagan then explained to his senior staff that the man who comes from the wrong side into the war is the man according to the prophecies named Gog from Meshach, which is the ancient name of Moscow. Huh. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. And Baker replied, I wish you had quit talking about that. You upset me. But Morris wrote that Reagan continued the talk to talk about such things <laughs> as he had for many years. And so I find that interesting, that little segment. And, uh, of course, that came from allisrael.com. And... Uh, is it allisraelnews.com? Yeah, or? allisraelnews.com. No, it's allisrael.com. Okay, I was thinking it was news. Well, there's a lot of them that that does say have a news in it connected with Israel, but this one is just allisraelnews, allisrael.com. I find that interesting. Yes. I think that's a good story of Ronald Reagan. And... Uh, you know, I, I think of the quality of the man, too. And I didn't agree with all of his policies and some of the things he did. But, you know, he, he was a good president. And uh, definitely different than what we have today. Yes, sir. <laughs> we have a mess today. We do. Now, this one... Is, is about a woman who was martyred. It comes from BarnabasFund.org. There was an editorial, and we covered this woman's death in, in one of our other shows. Deborah Samuel. I remember her. And uh, the editorial is about her last words. And... He titled it, the editor did, What Do You Hope to Achieve? Now, she was the Christian student who was beaten and stoned to death at the college in Sokoto State, Nigeria. Her alleged crime was to have insulted Mohammed. Now, this isn't new for Muslims declaring that Christian or somebody insulted Islam, because as a result, you can kill him for it. And many of them get away with it when they do it. And although there was no evidence that Deborah did, as it was alleged, the being accused of it was enough to seal her fate. And so, a Muslim mob gathered around her, and they stoned her to death for insulting Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, even though there's no proof that she did it. And a fellow student reported that Deborah's last words to her attackers were, What do you hope to achieve with this? This is a question that could be asked to all the Islamic groups across Nigeria. Well, I'll tell you what they would say to get rid of all the Christians. Yeah. That's tragic. What do the governments of North Korea, Iran, or Eritrea hope to achieve? What do the Islamists of Pakistan and in the religious extremists of India or the Buddhist nationalists of Myanmar hope to achieve, or Boko Haram, or Islamic State, 
or the Taliban? What do they all hope to achieve? Now the editor writes, the answer is they hope to rid the world of the message of Christ. Remember that the Lord told his disciples, if the world hate you, keep in mind it hated me first. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. John fifteen eighteen and 20. Yep, that's true. But the enemies of Christ can never defeat him or his church or rid the world of the gospel message. Now that's the gospel truth. By the time the tribulation comes around, there would have been plenty of the gospel preached so that the world is without excuse. And so when you go through this, you know, and we've covered a lot of martyrs and people getting killed doing our shows, our advocacy for the persecuted church. We've covered miracles. We've covered martyrs. We've covered just about everything. But the thing that he said, the editor, the writer tells us, this is the writer of Hebrews, of those who were tortured, who were imprisoned, who were killed by the sword, those who, like Deborah, were stoned to death, those who were destitute, persecuted, and ill-treated. And we report on these people all the time. Yet they endured all in the hope of an even better resurrection. Now you can find that in Hebrews 11:35-38. And this was Deborah's hope, a steadfast and certain hope that this world can never take away. And to that I say, Amen. Amen. And so, make no mistake, folks. This is what, when we're doing advocacy, is to bring you this news and to encourage you to support the ministries that have boots on the ground over in the persecuted world. They are the hands, the eyes, the hearts, and the legs of the gospel in the love of Christ. And they go out into dangerous areas to help these people and they will help others beside Christians they're sharing the love of Christ and one day this will all be over but whoever loses their life for the Lord's sake or the gospel shall in no wise lose their reward. Amen. So pray for the persecuted church. Be sure to listen to our broadcast. This this is the typical day on a Wednesday. And uh, we produce this in our own little studios. And then we put it up. A lot of work goes into it. We do three shows a week. So stop by the WIBR Warren Radio websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows, and tell your friends. But also be sure to check out allisreal.com. And be sure to go by barnabaspun.org. Are you ready? Yes. This story is Drugs, Hope, Stashed, Then Jesus. It's a story about Jack Cassidy. He's the grandson of actress Shirley Jones. And when he was 17 years old, he was selected to be a contestant on The Voice. And he was in his element and convinced he could win it all. And he said... um, so he he grew up in a musical family 
with his um, dad Patrick and his uncle's former teen idols David and Sean Cassidy. And he said growing up in the Cassidy family was interesting. It was definitely its own unique experience. My parents tried to keep me very grounded and really instilled in me what was important, which is just normal family love, family life and love. And she sa- he said his mom sent him to a church camp called Forest Home, and she thought me and our family needed Christ because we were going through some rough stuff. And she's like, hopefully my kids can find Jesus. And I just said yes. But from the so he found unconditional love of Christ at the camp and gave his life to Jesus. And he said, I just said yes. But from there, my prayer became a prayer for evidence. And over the next few years, I got flooded with those evidences. Jesus showed up, showing up in very miraculous ways in my life and giving me peace in the midst of chaotic circumstances. It was just definitely affirming for me that there was power in the name of Jesus. Well, while he was in high school, he was a talented singer and worship leader. And when he was 17, he was selected to be a contestant on The Voice. And he was thrilled to have a platform to share Jesus. He said he'd never done anything in the music business before. And trying to succeed on that show or win that show was definitely the goal. It was like, oh, I definitely belong here. And he said he was working with other artists and the coaches. And it was like, this is where I fit in. This is who God created me to be. And his time on The Voice took him to the top 12, but his dreams of winning were all dashed when he was voted off. And he let that show get the better of him. And he got caught up in the world. So when things returned to the state of normalcy, it was a much bigger fall. And he was trying to chase the high again. And he allowed his Christian guard to get down. And he went to a lot of parties and interacted with a lot of worldly type things that which were temporarily soothing the depression and the fall from the show that he was experiencing. And at one of those parties, he was introduced to cocaine. And from the first time he tried cocaine, he was instantly hooked. And it started to become every day, all day. It completely destroyed his life. In every every aspect, it drained his bank account completely. It made him to start sti- to start to steal just to get drugs. And for the next year and a half, Jack isolated himself from friends and family as his drug addiction took over his life. And he said, I found a new batch of drugs that was just a lot stronger. And I did one line that was too much. And he said, I felt my whole body starting to shut down and go cold. And my heart started uncontrollably pounding out of my chest. And it felt like I was right on the verge of a heart attack. I felt like I couldn't call for the ambulance or get help. And he was alone and desperate. And he remembered the power of Jesus' name that he'd experienced earlier in his life. And he cried out for help. But even though I have buried God really deep in that season, I hit my knees in the midst of a full-blown chaos, and I just cried out to Him and asked Him to let me live, to save my life in a moment of total brokenness, total darkness. Did not deserve to be saved, Jack said. I got myself here. I felt the Spirit come in in that moment and completely overpower the chaos and the drugs that I'd put in my body. (coughs) And the drugs were warring against me, trying to make my body shut down. (coughs) Excuse me. But God was literally breathing life into me. His power in my spirit in the midst of all that was what was keeping me in a place of real peace. And keeping me alive, literally. 
And after that experience, it really exposed what cocaine was, he said. It was not a friend. It was not a helper to get out of those places. It was leading me to a place of death. And when Jesus showed up in such a radical way in the midst of that, it really made it really real and tangible that he was the way to life. Jesus Jesus showed that, no, I'm the Lord over that, and I can be the Lord over all things in your life. So it really established this deep-rooted trust in God. And he is willing to meet us whatever place that we're in, and the, that varies for everyone. But for me, the darkest moments I walked through, he wanted to meet me and redeem me in that place, And he came with a spirit of kindness, a spirit of love, and a spirit of just, I want to help you. He's willing to do that in whatever scenario people walk through, said Jack. That's an amazing story, how God redeems life. It is, and that, uh, was that CBN? Yes. That was via CBN? I think I did say that. Did you? I think so, but that's good to say it just in case. Well, at any rate... uh, I think he was named after his grandfather. I'm thinking about Shirley Jones. Didn't they have a family show on TV? Yeah, Partridge Family, something like that. Was that the Partridge Family? I think so. With, uh, I think David Cassidy was in that one with Shirley Jones. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, and she was married to Jack Cassidy, and I, yeah, I that's remember. who, he died early. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, because that was an entire family yeah, that got their nose wet in the... Acting. <clears throat> acting, yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of those things, and... You know, that, you know, when we look back, though, that... That, of course, came out of the 60s. And uh, you move forward 60s and 70s, you know, you had a lot of influence in there. And uh, we're not talking good good influences. (laughs) Nope. Now, we're also going to be doing a story of this one. from uh, faithwire.com and uh, you know the thing of it is is that there's a there's this pastor Marita Harrell she's 57 she led connections at the Metropolitan UMC church in Atlanta Georgia And, uh, you know, this woman, had been mentoring Christopher Griggs, 27, and uh, he was later arrested and charged with arson and murder, but uh, he stabbed the pastor with a large kitchen knife at his residence. And then he transported her body to a secluded nearby area and set her van on fire. Oh, dear God. Uh, Harrell was a Chicago native, a wife and a mother of two, and a believer who, in quotes, daily seeks to grow her walk with God. And, of course, when you, you know, you wind up with somebody like that, that that lives in peace, is a family closely connected to her own family. Tries to help people. Tries to help people. And she's peaceful and loving. And then to have someone come along and kill her, it puts the community in shock. It sure does. But we cover a lot of people who get killed, murdered, beheaded. We also cover the miracles, the signs, the wonders that are going on 
in the battleground as believers share the gospel and live their lives for Jesus Christ. Now, that's literally what this is, a battleground. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, when I first seen this, I I felt for this woman oh, and I, her family. Yes. And uh, in Chicago, she's a black woman. And, uh, you know, she was connected to the community really closely. And uh, it just, you know, because when you get in those communities and you get in the black community, you know, I mean, if you've ever seen their services, they can really get a rock in there with, with the gospel. There's nothing like the singing of these guys because they are really talented and you know and then the preaching you know come on now come on now i'm speaking to you come on <laughs> and they all get excited excited you know and and so it it's really one of those things that that is sad but her mother was trying to counsel griggs And he's a man that got in jail and out of jail. You know, it sounded like he was a perpetual problem. And uh, now he's on the hook for murder. And that is not going to bode well. And he and, and she, being a pastor, she would have let him know. You know, what you need to do. That's right. But you can never tell when you're dealing with convicts or or people that are in and out and they're dangerous. You know, this is this is dangerous. Make no mistake about it. People are not especially today, you know, you gotta be careful who you're talking to and everything else. And uh, you know, and and I've I've worked the streets. Tower's been on the streets with me. Uh, you know, years ago when we were in college, we had a ministry called Open Doors, not related to the op- Open Doors today, but it was a nonprofit, and uh, I had put the papers together and everything. But at any rate, uh, it's a sad story, and see. She was one of those pastors that are willing to deal with people that are on the streets or in jail. And that that's a tough ministry. Uh, David Wilkerson did that for years and years. And then, uh, you know, he brought Nikki Cruz to the Lord. And Nikki Cruz, uh, well, Donald, uh, I mean, uh, David Wilkerson wrote a book. Uh, Nicky Cruz wrote a book. Nicky Cruz became a preacher. He's an old man now, and he's still... I heard about him about six months ago. He was still doing a meeting. He was going somewhere to a Good. meeting. Good. Good for him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, this was a tough inner-city punk who was dangerous and had knives and was going to slice David Wilkerson up, and David Wilkerson said... Every piece will love you. Well, Dave, well, Nikki Cruz got saved. And just think of, of the people that Nikki Cruz was able to reach. Right. Oh, it's, it's a glorious story. Yes, sir. You know, and, and the sad part, you know, when I look at everything, I see where we're at in the world today. I see where America is. And... Uh, we're comfortable in our rejection of God. That's tragic. And and we're comfortable. We're rich and in need of nothing as well. You know, and people have smartphones. They have technology. They have cars and vehicles. And, you know, there's nothing to really shake them and make them want, want to seek God. And our and our kids have had generations of being misled about the gospel. And with all this technology, they think that they're above God. 
yeah. they don't understand that God's the creator of all this technology. Yep, a lot of them really need help. I mean, really. And then the little ones who are being taught by these perverted teachers. And they're trying to teach these little kids immoral things. You know, this is baloney. But see, you're not going to do anything about America. You have to uh, bring people along. We're not here to save America. We're here to see people changed by the power of God. So, a little story out of America. Because uh, America is on that list of trouble. Now, you see, the last time, and this is about ISIS... It's about Nigeria and about Nigerian Christians. Now you see, videos by radical Islamists slitting the throats of Christians is not new. No. During the 2014-2015 ISIS blood trail, I was covering... Uh, what was going on daily. And I saw stuff on those videos that I still remember to this day. And it reveals the links that these people will go to to kill Christians. And so today we have Muslim groups that have taken up the banner as ISIS did and they also want to behead people. Now I want you to listen. This is Revelation 6, 9 through 12. And when he had opened the fifth seal... I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And of course, here's the souls under the altar. These souls were not dead. They were alive. They were being protected by the Lord God Almighty. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, Dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So they're asking for vengeance. How long are you going to wait? And white robes were given unto every one of them. The white robes is the righteousness of the saints. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now see, this is interesting because this points to something that these under the altar weren't the only ones going to be beheaded and they were given white robes. They were going to wait because there would be more brethren who would be killed and slain for the word of God. And But what it also says is that there will be a point when the martyrdom of Christians slain for the word of God will be finished and then it says and I beheld when he opened the sixth seal lo there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood that's Revelation 6 9 through 12 wow and the WIBR Warren Radio unequivocally believes that this will literally and is literally happening today and that we are seeing the pages of Revelation Paul's writings as well as well as the prophets come to pass so now we get to the terrorist group now this is as Islamic State now we've known that there's been an Islamic State 
in Nigeria. And uh, they were kind of quiet for a long time. Nobody knows the timing or the location of the, uh, of the thing. But the authenticity of the video was confirmed by Sight Intelligence Group. It is an American non-governmental organization that tracks jihadi groups. Meanwhile, the authorities in Nigeria have not commented on the footage, and they probably won't, because the authorities in Nigeria are, is an Islamic government. Now, Buhari used to be the president, and he was a Christian, but he got defeated by a Muslim who is still there. And... Uh, no, the Christian was Jonathan Goodluck Johnson, and the current president is Buhari. That's what it is. Yeah. So the video shows men who are bound kneeling in front of armed and masked men. And... Uh, they proceeded... To behead, to kill these people. And there was another big video, too, that um, they were caught over in Libya. That was one of the biggest ones we saw in 2014, 2015. There was another one in 2019 uh, where Islamic State uh, West Africa, now that's the one I've known about. Uh, posted a video of the beheading of 10 Christian men and the shooting dead of an 11th man. You know, I, I hate the shedding of blood. Now, all this Funny comes too. under the shedding of blood. Uh, innocent blood. Blood guilt. And it also fulfills what we're told in Revelation. This tells you the time. You know, and I think of all those families. You know, the, the, the persecuted church in Nigeria really needs your prayers. Amen. And you need to be sure that you're supporting groups that have influence and boots on the ground there. Now, this is from BarnabasFund.org. And uh, they're one of the ones that uh, we have a number of them that, that we do actively support. And that's one of them. And uh, you do what you will. We're not telling you where to go. They don't pay us for saying this. This is just purely something you need to pray about it and find just somebody to support that will has boots on the ground overseas. So with that, we are getting close. Do you have time to do this other one? Um, maybe. I don't know how much time we got. Well, you, this You've got about seven minutes. Okay. Miracles, God, and birth. This comes to us via faithwire.com. And God was on his side... Mother-to-be will give birth to son twice to save his life. And um, this lady named Ashley explained that she learned at 19 weeks that her then-unborn son, Levi James, had spina bifida. And the news left her in shock. She couldn't even speak with the doctor when the doctor was telling us this. Uh, said the 23-year-old woman from Jacksonville, Florida. And the news just got worse with each moment. And um, the doctors were telling her there was no hope. They wanted her to have an abortion, but she couldn't believe it. This, is, this isn't real. This isn't happening. She described the ordeal as a nightmare. 
but for her fiancé, Noah Detrick, and Ashley, abortion was not an option. With termination off the table, the Florida-based couple shifted their thinking, what's next? That's when they discovered the modern miracle marvel of fetal surgeries. So, fortunately, they lived close enough to um, Winnie Palmer Hospital in Orlando, Florida, where she became the medical center's 31st mother to ever undergo an incredible surgery, allowing doctors to perform a cesarean section. They broke Ashley's water and successfully repaired a large lesion on baby Levi's L2 vertebrae on his lower back. And after performing the surgery, the doctors repositioned the baby inside Ashley's womb and placed her on bed rest. And she will deliver... Levi again and officially at 37 weeks in July. It just makes me emotional to think about this and how amazing things are today that they can do this kind of thing. Well, it is amazing. And 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 she said since the surgeries the doctors have seen so much more movement and signs of any mal malformation in his brain are reversing. The doctors believe it's likely Levi will have no major motor issues when he's born for the second time this summer. He's kicking his legs and twisting his ankles in there. I can feel him moving. And um, she said, I'm so excited for him to realize how many people were rooting for him and how loved and special he is. She said, not everyone gets that chance to have this surgery. And I want him to know that God was on his side. Yes. That's amazing. And and you you talk about that, and then you see what they want to do is kill babies up yeah. to 26 weeks after birth. And and what they did was a miracle. They performed a miracle on this baby. Yeah. Yeah. So please be in prayer for Ashley Detrick. And baby Levi and the doctors and medical staff who are caring for them. I believe that God has given him a second chance at life. And that he's going to live and things are going to be... Work out all right in July. Yes. It's a good, good, good story. Yes, About life. And that's what it should be. So, uh, with that... uh, we we need to start okay. signing off. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. And we always hope the best for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be safe and look to him. He is our help in times of need and distress. He is there for us. So good night, everybody. Well, if there's one thing you get from tonight's show, you know, the world is full of troubles, but Christ is full of answers. And I don't tell you this lightly when I tell you that God saved Tower and I many, many years ago. And we have been on the path of carrying the cross for him. And it has not been easy. But I wouldn't change anything. And today we are definitely in a different place than we were so long ago prophetically. If there's one thing I would tell you today is seek the Lord with all your heart. And work to bring your family to the Lord. Trust in him with all your heart, and he will bring you through it. Go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Check out my new book, The Rising, by Dana Glenn Smith. Go to our websites. We've got links to it. Get a copy and read it. It's very, very important. And also, when you do, that'll help support us and the ministry here. So, check out the book, The Rising. God bless. Good night. Take care of yourself and your families. Be safe. 
Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.